Hello and welcome to a special edition of Man Marking. I'm joined by Ant and Ryan. Today we'll be discussing the end of the EFL season, some of the proposals that have been put on the table and perhaps some of the difficulties that the clubs, the players and especially the fans are going to face over the next weeks and months. Ant, Ryan, how are we chaps? We offer this. Yeah, I'm good mate, yeah. Uh, this could be a bit of an interesting topic, couldn't it? So, uh, should be fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Trying to get my head around the, the different proposals on the table. So, a disclaimer at the start, if I say anything wrong, just just leave me alone. I think we should also caveat this entire conversation, if we haven't already mentioned it before. We are all Tramia fans, so the current proposal on the table by the EFL does relegate us. Um, but the new proposals that have been put on the table by Mark Palios, our, um, our chairman, doesn't relegate us which is convenient enough for us. Self-interest FC. Exactly. But I think it's interesting to, to discuss it more in the round because there are a lot of repercussions, as we've mentioned before. There are plenty of players at the moment who have contacted the PFA, have contacted the, the FA about having issues with their mental health, with being on, on lockdown. And there's also repercussions in terms of things like contracts and clubs facing problems financially if they continue to not be able to play and take in that much day revenue. So I think all in all, there's a lot of different things that need discussing and a lot of different things that need deciding on before the EFL makes a, a full and final decision. So, and Ryan, I'm going to kind of open up the floor to you guys to hear your thoughts first. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. Mark Palios has proposed a separate discussion to the EFL regards how the season finishes which you were kind of explaining to us yesterday in our WhatsApp group. Do you want to sort of briefly touch on what that proposal entails? Yeah, now I must admit I've, I've read this a few times and he's actually proposed two proposals. And they did also say that while the, the sort of methodology is finalised, how they go about some of the other elements um, is sort of open to the room when the teams vote on this. Um, one of those examples would be that if the points per game methodology that they've applied allows you to compete in the playoffs, then you aren't compelled to do so. It would be done on choice. Now, people listening may think, well, if you get into the playoffs, why wouldn't you want to play? Um, the only sort of obvious answer to that would be if the cost of playing those games maybe outweighs the the likelihood of getting promotion, um, especially if, if it is an extended playoff. So if it ends up becoming eight teams instead of four, and then you know it's going to cost you maybe 400 to 500,000 pounds, just for an example, do you really want to take that smaller chance of getting promoted against that cost? Um, obviously more games to win and those things. So I think there are some finer details to work out. I'm not entirely sure what would happen if playoffs were odd numbers as well or if they would stagger it in the way that the National League did, um, where they've had a, a, like an inflated playoff position for about three three years now, two or three years. Um, but essentially what Tram have done from, from reading it, and once again, apologies, I've got any of this wrong, but currently um, what the EFL are proposing is a simple points-per-game methodology, which would basically take all your previous games this season, work out your average points and apply them to however, however many games you have remaining. Now, it's a little bit tricky for Tramia because we fall just below um, one point per game because we've played 34 matches and we sit on 32 points. Whereas Wickham, the team above, 
Um, sorry, not Wickham. Wimbledon, the team above, um, are on 35 points, but 35 games. So if we would have won our game in hand, we would have been on the same points per game as them. And we still have to go go there and play them as well. So Tramley obviously a little bit disgruntled. That it was, I don't know if you could call it in your own hands, but we were very much on an even keel with, with Wimbledon. Um, and that's the difficulty around this. So Tramley have basically said, if you take your remaining games from the past, Three three years, and you apply the current points per per game model. The average error is between minus five point four five percent and plus six point three percent. So a swing of around about twelve percent in either direction, uh, based on teams' previous performances. So what Trami have said: if you take that team's points per game, uh, apply the, their average uh, for the marginal error, and you apply it to the rest of the games this season you'll have a much more accurate picture. Um, essentially, the last eight to ten games, things are affected by January transfer window, who have you brought in, form, teams you've played, teams you've still yet to play. I know Tramley indicated they've played Coventry twice, for an example, whereas some of the other teams hadn't. Um, and, and what you find is, as you go nearer the top of the table, because those teams are near the top, they tend to be the more consistent teams, so it doesn't affect their places too much. Whereas near the bottom, as we saw last year, at this stage of the season in League One, only three, sorry, three of the bottom four at this stage stayed up, but the current points per game model would have sent all of them down. So there is clearly um, a huge swing there. And I think it is only fair that they could either, if they don't play the rest of the season, that they come up in a way that doesn't punish teams who haven't mathematically been relegated in the same way that teams should be given a chance to be promoted. <clears throat> now, a lot of people are saying this is very much in Tramie's interest. And, and what I would say on that is, would Tramie be fighting it as hard if they were 15th in the league? Probably not, no. Uh, and why would you go to the, these lengths if it's not really going to affect you? But what I would say about Mark and Nicola Palos is they're very genuine people and I genuinely believe they would try and upheld the integrity of the game and they would vote what they think is the fairest way to decide the season. Um, I don't think they would simply vote just in self-interest if, if if there wasn't much riding on this year for them. I do believe that they would still be passionate about finding a solution that suits all. Um, so, yeah, in terms of what would then happen if you applied Tramie's methodology is in the Championship, for example, um, I think you would have Leeds and West Brom would automatically get promoted because they're points per game marginal error, wouldn't see Fulham or Brentford overtake them. The playoffs would be extended, I believe, down to around about ninth place. Barnsley and Luton would both be relegated because they find themselves um, seven and six points away from safety, respectively. But Charlton wouldn't go down because of the marginal error. In League One, you'd see Coventry and Rotherham automatically promoted. So again, they're not um, affected. The playoffs would be extended, but I'm not too sure how far that would go down. I haven't got the table in front of me. Uh, Alton and Southend would both go down. Obviously, there's a bit of a gap for them. Tramia would, contentiously or not, be be saved by this um, scenario. And then in League Two, the top three would automatically be promoted again. The playoffs would be slightly extended, I believe, to the ninth position. And Stevenage would go down. Now, the only difficulty I see with this is Stevenage are in a very similar place to Tramia. They're, they're three points from safety and they've got a game in hand. 
uh, which is the exact same position Tramia find themselves in, but Stevenage would go down based on their marginal for error. So I would say that it isn't a perfect situation. Um, I don't think we'll ever find anything that's perfect, and, and I'm sure Stevenage would have something to say about that. But the only thing I would say which benefits clubs in Tramia's model is the reward is still there. Um, and as you see, everybody in automatic positions in every league, barring the Premier League, would be promoted. And everybody else would have a chance of promotion who felt they had a reasonable chance. And then those who potentially are in danger of going down, will only do so if, if the gap is big enough that statistically they wouldn't stay up. So just to, um, just to clarify them, right? This, the points per game model that both the EFL are proposing and the Marco Nicola Palios are proposing would result in playoffs being played in all divisions at the end of the season. Is that right? As far as I'm aware, yes. If the season isn't sort of ended as is, then there would be the option to play playoffs. Now, with Tramu's option, they've pushed that to teams who statistically had a decent chance of getting in. But as mentioned, they wouldn't be compelled to play if they didn't want to. I'm sure most would. Um, I imagine there'd be a little bit of argument on points per game with teams who realistically thought they could still get automatic. So if you look at League 2, for example, um, Cheltenham are four points behind Plymouth, but they've got a game in hand. They win the game in hand. They go a point behind Plymouth. So Plymouth getting promoted automatically they'd probably snatch a hand off at that because, as we know, being in League 2 last season with 10, 11 games to go, um, there's a hell of a long wait. A lot will change in those top seven positions. Uh, I think it's about this time the tram. You won seven on the spin. I'll just finish winning seven on the spin and we were looking like we were going to finish mid-season. Um, so, yeah, as as I've said, it isn't perfect. I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but I do think there's a little bit more method and statistical sort of framework in Tramia's proposal, which takes into consideration um, sort of historic form at this stage of the season than, than the EFLs, which which basically the table wouldn't change much because you're basing it on what's gone before you. The, the biggest response I would have to that, and I would imagine there's probably a lot of people who are thinking the same thing, <clears throat> whilst I agree that it does appear as though what Mark and Nicola Palios are proposing has got has had more thought go into it than just a simple points per game model. Does it not equate to the same thing that ultimately what you're basing it on are just intangibles? So whichever way you choose it is neither fairer nor less fair either way. So if you apply the points per game model from this year and you look at Tramia, for example, and we've got 32 points from 34 games, so I assume we're what about 0.8 points a game or something like that. That well, that's been our form this season. Other seasons are really irrelevant. So surely it should just get based on what we've earned this season. And unfortunately, we've just not been good enough. And at this current moment in time, we're third bottom. So if you are just going to end it on a points per game like ratio, whichever way you look at it, then it, it, it does that not just seem as though you just put in. You're just saying another model, which is equally as unfair as a, just a bog-standard points-per-game model. It's just that this one favours us rather than doesn't favour us. And yes. it's, sorry, go on. It's, it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, when you look at it, I've had a ton of conversations about this. And there needs to be teams 
rewarded for being where they are in the league. You know, you look at Leeds and you look at West Brom and and even in the Premier League, you, you look at that, they're carrying on because they've got the money. Well, the reason they've got the money is because their market is, is so far-reaching and it brings in so much money. The EFL, I think, I said it to you the other day, is it's propped up on clubs who are in the Premier League. You know, you've got Sunderland, Portsmouth and Ipswich in our league now, in League One. They're massive clubs and they're, it, they're in danger. You know, if anyone's watched that Sunderland Till I Die documentary, the, the feeling that you got from there was that they were hemorrhaging money. So, I think the EFL have, have unfortunately become too small for these clubs in the way that they run at the moment. And and when and you can tell that they, they don't know how to handle this. They haven't, and in fairness, you know, it's unprecedented times, it's been said a lot, but they've had since March to try and even get anywhere near figuring this out. And whilst you're saying that Tramier's model would suit us, well, the EFL have opened that up and, and it's their issue that they've caused. They've said, look, you can decide how to do it. Well, how's that fair? That's never going to work. You know, there's no integrity in that voting system. So then you're falling down this absolute like, roundabout of, of different problems. It's never going to suit anyone. Um, and it sorry, to, any- sorry to interrupt, Dan. I think it's important to clarify at that point as well is that the EFL board itself is made up of members that belong to certain clubs as well, doesn't it? So... It's not like the EFL could we could just pass the the, the decision making over to the EFL board because you'd have the same problem in terms of people voting for their you know their you know whatever outcome suits them best. I think so, but you, you know the, you'd like to think that they're on that board because the the lovers of the game as well. That's what I'd I'd, I'd say the lovers of the game they want to see fair fair things happen. So, it, but it is just really really difficult. It's a really muddy. Uh, field to try and get through in this. I think the EFL have, have kind of passed the book. And I was reading an article today when you know they said, "Come and give us some proposals and help us out." And then he got one and they rejected it straight away because they didn't like it. Um, so it, it's really difficult. But when you're talking about self-interest, I don't think you can blame any of the clubs really. To be honest, if someone comes up with a proposal and you know it, it, it's. Um, it saves them and you're not going to be surprised. I I don't think you're going to f- figure out a fair way where no one gets hurt and no one goes down, no one gets relegated and therefore no one loses any money and any jobs. And I just think it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a mess. And But if it saves clubs, then that might be okay. But even then that's debatable. I personally think that whatever proposal you're going to go for, if clubs, if, if we're saying that we can't trust individual clubs to vote out of anything other than self-interest, or it's going to be difficult for them to not involve self-interest, then personally, I think we need to remove the vote from the clubs. I don't understand what the whole, what the point of having a governing body and having a board is if you're then passing the decision over to the clubs. And the other uh, yeah. thing, the other thing, I would, I would, I would, I would strongly advise individuals making decisions in terms of where they're voting would be. What you've got to think is, all right. Well, if I vote now that suits us and fuck some other people over, then what happens if we need them to vote for us in a few years? Because it will come back around. There will be something that will benefit other people as well. And exactly. if we can't trust people to make a, you know, a, an egalitarian decision that suits. That, you know that suits the the integrity of the game rather than the best interests of their own club. 
then we've got a serious issue within the decision-making process of the EFL, which I think is fundamentally the biggest issue here, is that either way we look at it and whichever way we go down, somebody's going to get someone's going to get the raw end of the deal, be that a team who had a chance of promotion that gets that taken away from them, or a team who has a chance of staying up like us who gets relegated. Now, putting everything into context, my personal feelings on it are that if you're going to allow playoffs to happen, then you also need to allow teams who could be relegated to play their matches as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, because I, I don't I don't see a scenario where you can allow some teams to decide their own fate and other teams to not decide their own fate. Because at that point, you completely destroy the integrity of the game at that level, in my opinion. I just think you need to have a, a, a you need to have an end point where either nobody gets to play or everybody gets to play. And if everyone can't afford to play for whatever reason, A, the EFL need to look into why that is, that physically those businesses can't operate under their current business models. That needs looking into. But that's by the by, that's kind of a longer term issue. But if that is the case and clubs can't play, then I'm sorry, but I just don't think it's acceptable that those that have got the means to play are allowed to play and those that haven't don't. And I don't, I don't actually know if Tramia fall into the bracket of a club that could afford to play, given the 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 way that Mark and Nicola have ran the club. You know, they're both very astute the way that they ran the club in terms of a business. We've obviously got some backing from elsewhere, as as Mark and Nicola mentioned when they spoke to us, which has given them some leeway in terms of finance. But if we can't, if if all the clubs can't afford to play, then none of them should be able to play. Personally, I know that that seems like, well, hang on a minute, just because you're in a shit show, why should we be punished for that? But I just think in terms of integrity of the league, you can't have a scenario where some people are allowed to play out their own destiny and other people aren't. And for me, ultimately, as a fan, as much as a pain in the arse it would be getting relegated, I kind of don't really care, if I'm, if I'm completely honest. I think the points per game thing is a bit of a nonsense. And whilst I think Mark and Nicola's proposal is slightly more based in thought and logic i also kind of think i don't see how that's any more satisfying than a standard points per game personally it all feels as though it doesn't really it doesn't really satisfy and if we can't get an, an, an answer that satisfies which we won't be able to but personally i just think if we get relegated we get relegated at the end of the day it's it's it mark and nicholas said to us when we interviewed them that we'll be a good league two club we'll be a good league one club whatever happens and in the grand scheme of things, I think we just got to concentrate on the solution of how quickly can we get football back, and ultimately the rest of it is really irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, we've had how many months gap for this season, how much of it has been affected. Is playing out the rest of the season going to result in a you know in, in the same way that it would have done otherwise? Probably not. So some people are going to be punished, and some people are going to be benefited either way. So. For me, I think the only decision-making that they should be doing is looking at how we can get some football back. Everything else for me is irrelevant because that's the only way those clubs are going to earn any money to be able to survive. Yeah, but they're running out of time. That's all you're allowed. They're running out of time. They've got till 31st of July to get this season finished. And by all accounts, people are just dragging their heels. And, and there's a, a school of thought that maybe the EFL kind of want that as well. I think when you're talking about finances... You know, I look at those big clubs like Ipswich and, and Sunderland and, and Portsmouth and, and the like, and you know, they're too big for this league. You know, it, they shouldn't be in this league, really. When we think about it, you know, we shouldn't really be down there. They're down there on performances, 
that they're going to struggle even more. And I think what you're going to end up with is a, a bit of a disconnect between League One and, and the Championship. You know, you look at Coventry at the top of the table, they haven't even got their own ground. Um, so there's a lot more problems here than than just this, how we decide the season. Um, so I think that's the really of... interesting thing you say there, Ant, because at the minute, and, and I think we'd all attest to this, the gap between League One and the Championship is enormous, I think, in terms of quality and resources is massive. And if the Championship are allowed to continue and the Premier League are allowed to continue because they've got the finances to do so, then it's only going to result in the gap getting larger. And I think ultimately, the EFL have spoken about, you know, it's all about unity and it's all about us making a decision that suits all of the, the 72 clubs that are in the EFL or the 71 clubs that are in the EFL. But at the end of the day, it seems as though, well, 24 of those clubs can afford to to finish the season and the rest of us can't. So either everyone can finish or nobody finishes. Well, one thing that I disagree with you on, though, Dan, is you touched on before how can some people play games and the rest don't. But the playoff scenario of the season's finished for everyone else. By then, everything else is is finished. And in this scenario, it is just an extended playoffs, whereby at that point, teams have been relegated or stayed where they are anyway. So that what that's what the suggestion is. Why I think it is relatively fair is because nobody's denied automatic promotion in any league. Only those massively away from staying up go down and the rest don't move now where the difficulty will lie is that you've then got to correct the disbalance the the, the balance in each league because there's going to be inflated numbers in different divisions um and mark and nicola talked about getting that right over the next few years with like increased relegation and those things but again i'm, I'm a bit of your way of thinking as well dan where it's almost as if our focus needs to shift now on making sure next season starts because that's where clubs will fold. Not the back end of this season now. I think it will be if there isn't certainty on when we can start again, then then you're in real trouble. Um, and with the contracts running out at the end of June, so what, we're 31 days away from players' contracts expiring? I mean, there's no way we can play games before then anyway because mm. isn't the Premier League talking about training? Was it 17th of June they're going back? That's yeah. when the that's when the the matches, oh, sorry, when the matches again. So if they're, if they're training now with the aim of seventeenth for June, if teams aren't haven't even come up with a way to play, let alone to get players safely back in training, this season is gonna have to be written off unless, as touched on, uh, maybe in the month of July there's some form of extended playoffs. I'm not too sure, but I do think if you just say to clubs now, and maybe some clubs like Tramie may be a little bit better suited to getting relegated, if you just say this unfair way of dealing the season will get you relegated, then the implications of that are huge. And if you're running a club and putting all your time and effort into it and maybe have to make redundancies, or you've seen it when a team gets relegated, you don't just go straight back up on many occasions. You could be languishing in that division for 10 plus years. So I think there needs to be more thought process than sort of it is what it is attitude towards getting relegated because if that's the case then you could almost just say scrap the league and everyone stays where they are because that's further than achieving relegation or promotion that you haven't quite mathematically achieved well i would personally if they're not going to finish the season that's what i'd do yeah that, that'd be my enough. decision is that you go well we can't finish this season in an equitable way that allows everybody equal opportunity to be able to get the outcome that suits whoever gets it so if the relegation threatened clubs can't play their games to try and save them, the playoff teams can't play their games to get into the playoffs 
and the people in the automatic promotion can't earn automatic promotion, then I'm sorry, but there's a global pandemic. It's it doesn't nobody. We didn't see this coming. Nobody. I mean, we didn't. This is like completely unprecedented. You just go. I'm sorry, but it's just done. We're just done now. But how and would you feel as a Leeds fan? Seven points clear. Well, that's be, a goal it, difference. It would be a pain in the arse. It would be an absolute pain in the arse. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, you haven't earned promotion. The season's not the season. You just have to. You just have to say, look, this is a write-off. I, and I know it's gonna it's gonna punish some people. But whatever way you do, it's going to punish some people. And I think everyone just kind of needs to suck it up and just get on with it. I just quickly, though, before Ryan comes in, I'll both answer this. Who gets punished in Tramia's, um well, Mark and Nicholas sort of method? I don't think that many get punished, which is the beauty of it, really. It, it, there's a lot more reward than there is risk, which some people might say is self-interest. But well, all the clubs who get relegated do. Well, well let's look at it though. Luton and Barnsley are seven and six points with terrible goal differences away from staying up. Then you go to League Two, Bolton are something like 19 points and Southend are something like 16 points. Uh, it's only League Two really with Stevenage that is probably a little bit contentious where they're three he, points with a terrible goal difference. So, But equally, Ryan, you would just made the point before that one of the big reasons that we shouldn't be, that we should be allowed to adjust the model is that three out of the four teams at this point in the relegation zone didn't get relegated. So they Luton and Barnsley, for example, could make the same argument. Well, Wimbledon were far more cut adrift last year than we are now in their division, and they still stayed up. So there's no reason to believe that we wouldn't. Luton have just brought a new manager in. They've just brought Nathan Jones back. You know what I mean? I just think ultimately... It's a reasonable point, but in this scenario, if you go for the, the standard... P points per game, Barnsley, Luton and Charlton all get relegated and Mark and Nicholas only Barnsley and Luton do. So at least there's one less team damage there. If you go to League One, Tram, you don't get relegated where they shouldn't do. So there's one less team damage there. There is like, I mean, in the normal points per model, Wickham in eighth because they've got games in hand. They finished third. Does anyone think Wickham are going to finish third this season? Not saying they couldn't, but... They are only three points off automatic. With two games in hand, so I know, but I think if you look at the form, uh, I, yeah, but again, but again, it's, you're not going to satisfy everyone's needs. This is this is what I mean. I just personally think you can't finish the season in the way that you started it, so you shouldn't finish it at all, unless you can finish it in the same way that you started it. Then you just say, "I'm sorry, but we can't finish this. We can't finish this the the the, the same way that you." So the clubs all entered the league under the under the proviso that X was about to happen. Uh, and at the, this point, we're now proposing why. The problem, <clears throat> and the problem is, is you've got relegation in the Premier League as well. So that's there. So someone's getting relegated. Three teams are going down. So someone's got to come up and replace them. That is, so the problem, I think, you've, the biggest issue here is the massive disconnect between. Yeah, them. yeah. It's huge. It's a chasm. They're not. They don't seem to be talking to each other. I haven't even talked about the national league. There was a team promoted and won their league in January. Yeah, Rotherham are sitting second in the league, having lost the last two games or not beaten, not won in the last two. Going, well, we've got out of jail here, really, if we go up, because we could have been on some serious pressure. It's, it's just a mess. You can't, you can't decide a league in in, in the ways that they're, they're doing it. But then. I think they'll they'll eventually just go point per game. This is the only way we can do it. Um, I don't think they've got the the wherewithal and the brains to work out what Mark and Nicola Palias have presented them. I think, I think ultimately, as you, the delay. 
as you say, Ant, and you've made a very, very important point there, which is something that we've said for a long time, and I think you were mentioning it before we were causing in relation to Betty and what happened with them. Is it ultimately the EFL are unfit for purpose? They're completely Absolutely. unfit for purpose. Yeah. And they're the governing body of the entire football league. And to start with a lot of the financial implications that trouble that that, that, have, that have troubled the EFL and a lot of their clubs come down to things like their piss poor negotiations over T V deals. Absolutely. And yeah. their their That's lack real. their lack of representation in terms of who and, and, and when clubs are being bought. You know, that it, it it's just an absolute farce. So I don't think there's any surprise that they can't make a proper decision on this. And I think that's the most frustrating thing. That, As Ryan said, this has been going on since March and, and they're no closer to, be, to to getting to a decision. They're trying to pass the book on to the clubs that have decided between themselves. And as we, you know, you, you're, given, you're given 72 teams or 23, 24 teams, right? Okay, well, you decided between you, all with different agendas, all with different situations, all with different outcome desires. And you just go now. We, we use just sort this out. And you think, well, what's the point in being a member of this league? What's the point in you existing if, when it comes down to a key decision-making process, you're handing it over to us? You may as well not exist. What are we paying the membership for? What's the point? Yeah, I just, so... that, that, that's my biggest issue with it all. Is that you've got a governing body. You know, we it, it's it'd be like every time the government went to make a decision, they went right. We don't know whether to 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 invest in some infrastructure, in some roads, or build some hospitals. What we're going to do is we're going to hand it over to the entire country to decide it between them. And when you've come up <laughs> yeah, with an answer, they've thought that, haven't they? Hand oh, it over you, to the people. Yeah, that <laughs> went well. That went well, talk, didn't it? Let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that's, what that's, I would that's say though, Dan, is while I completely agree with the sentiment to what you're saying, um, I don't think they can win in this situation because if they do just make a decision that rubs maybe. Eight to twelve clubs up the wrong way. They're going to turn around and go, oh, like, how dare you just revoke our promotion or send us down based on your model?" But they need to be enough. big enough. They need to be big enough and brave enough and strong enough. And they're not though, are they? That's exactly the point. They need. They yeah. should be big enough to go. I'm sorry, but this is just the way that it is. And that's the whole point of having somebody yeah, in so... charge is that they're happy to take the flak and go. Do you know what? We're going to upset some people here, but ultimately we've got to think about the whole. But they're yeah, not doing just... that. They're dodging the decision completely. I, I think with uh, the, the the weird thing I, I was just thinking of then is you, you're talking about Betty kind of um, running to the ground and, and just left for to be dust, really, by the EFL and, and the people who owned them. And then in the same season where Betty get get kicked out of the league, Derby sell the stadium to themselves and sign Wayne Mooney on the back of a gambling deal. Um, so <laughs> just says it all, really, that they kicked the team out, didn't think that it would affect them that much because they could just go through the season, get four more teams up, and now they're stuck. It, it's short-termism at its absolute finest. And that is how the EFL is run. That is how they got that TV deal, which they, all the championship clubs complained about. And it's now what they're dealing with now, and they can't get away from it. So when we're looking at, at a board fit for purpose, they're not. And also, the FA haven't said anything. And at all, they've not not even been involved. They're not really sure if they're meant to be, but they haven't been involved. That's the problem. Really, there's nobody, there's nobody trying to to lead on this. And what's happened is, is that the likes of Darren McAntony at, at Peterborough and, and Mark and Nicola Palius, obviously at, at Tranmere, and, and to a lesser extent, Andy Holt at, at Atkins and Stanley's been been talking about it as well. Is that it's been left to the stronger personalities in those clubs? to come out and try and find a solution to it. 
and try and speak up about it because the EFL are completely silent and the FA are completely silent about it as well. And whilst I, I, I have sympathy in some respects because it's an absolute mess, this whole thing, it's so it's it's very complicated. But ultimately, for me, the decision-making is a simple process. You just you, you, you sit there, you weigh up all the pros and cons of all of them. you just got to make a balanced decision and go, right, this is what we're doing. I mean, the worst thing about it is, for me, is that you know clubs will get relegated. The EFL won't support those clubs. You know, you get relegated to League Two. You're on a. You have to abide by different wage rules for turnovers. So you're punished already. Um, and then are the EFL going to turn around and go, "Hang on, right? Well, we'll, re- we'll relax that, or we'll help you. We'll give you more TV money because the money doesn't drip down. You know, we know it. It, it doesn't work. So my concern with this would be, and I don't know what your thoughts are. Let's take this season out the equation. Let's say they vote on a reasonable conclusion and people move up and down divisions and, and we move on from that and we get a start date for next year and everyone's happy. Now, we've already got teams like Southend and Bolton who are financially unstable and don't always pay wages on time. Bolton may argue under the new owners that's not the case, but I think I've read something about them taking extra loans out. Uh, I think Scunthorpe have had problems in the past. Winden are coming. We had some high profile. Macclesfield, Oldham aren't secure. And now you've got a scenario where post-coronavirus, I imagine a lot of these football owners who make their money in different sectors have probably been hit because a lot of sectors have been hit by this. Um, So you've got to wonder whether our owners of football clubs are financially stable to cover losses. Is the local area as financially stable to attend football games post-corona? Will there be crowds anytime soon? So Let's look further down the road. What is the EFL doing or preparing for this financial football and crash that I think we're inevitably going to face post-corona? I think it could be a really turbulent three to five years where clubs are just going by the wayside. Is that Harry Kane, a Premier League footballer, as the shirt sponsor? I know it's a lot of it's for goodwill and charity of League Two late in Orient. So if you all want to look at disparity, a player in the Premier League can afford to sponsor a team. So therefore probably has more wealth than the team in League Two. Both yeah. based in both based well, in Harry Kane League. could could if the rules allowed it, Harry Kane could buy Leighton Orient. What would you what decision would you make? How would you end the season? So Anton, we're to start with you. If I was Rick Parry or if I was Rick Parry, I think he will end the season on PPG. But I think he should be putting something financially into those clubs that are relegated and stopped um, getting up and into the playoffs. I would also not have the playoffs either. I, I don't see how they're, how they're viable, but um, I think he'll end it on PPG. But the EFL needs to come out of this and, and actually put the money where the mouth is and say, look, we'll help you. But whether that's going to be done is, is a different matter. Tramus out there proposals. One was no relegation, but the one I mainly talked about was with relegation, which was worth on the, the points per game. So there was the three options there with the standard points per game that the league's proposed, the points per game with promotion but no relegation, and then the same methodology but with relegation. Um, I think the EFL and Rick Parry will go for standard points per game and then they'll just turn a blind eye to anybody who complains about that. I think... But I must say there might be other clubs that have um, that have put proposals out that we'll see at the vote. But I think Tramu's proposal with 
uh, relegation and an extended playoffs would be fairest way to go about it. If not, I'd probably just, actually, no, I wouldn't know and avoid it. Yeah, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'll say Mark and Nicola's proposal for points per game with relegation and promotion is what I'd go for. And then similar to what Pop touched on, you would have to look at a parachute payment or maybe a one-off payment to all clubs based on maybe X amount of turnover. Uh, so that way you could maybe distribute it fairly. Obviously, Portsmouth and Ipswich and Sunderland's turnover is going to be a little bit different to AFC Wimbledon's and Tramia's. So if you just give everybody a base fee of 500 grand, it probably wouldn't be fair. So you'd have to probably work it out on percentage of turnover. But would EFL do that? Do they have the money? I don't know. So. Do you know what? That That's kind of just made me think there that that's a big concern of mine is that the EFL probably haven't got the finances to do that, which means they're probably going to go cap in hand to the Premier League, which means they're probably going to end up giving over more. Because the Premier League are just going to give them the money for nothing, which means the EFL may have to give over something to be able to get that. And what concerns me is, is that with an EFL board that's got absolutely you no know, backbone to make a decision, what they're going to give the Premier League in return for that The concern, Dan, there is B-teams. And every time yeah. that one of these clubs goes to the wall, suddenly someone's under-23s is in League 2 or League 1. Yeah, well, it opens up the spot, push. doesn't it? It does, and that, that is the concern. And what a, what a scary football world we live in, where somebody's B-team or under-23s is more financially viable than a club that's been in a community for 130-plus years. Yeah. So bad, mate, it really is. I wonder if it's one of those things where the horses the horses bolted, really, with it, that the Premier League have said... Because the, so. because because the Premier League have got the financial capability and the the influence and the power to be able to go look. This is the way we're doing it. You are all just going to have to to work around us because we're the ones who, who are in control of all the finance. If they're going, we're having relegation. Then it puts the EFL in a difficult position, which I understand. Now, if the the, the compromise around that is that the top three in the in the championship get promoted and everyone else stays as they are, then I can see how that could be a variable that, that might be acceptable. But again, if he's into that thing of clubs are then going to go, well, hang on a minute. If they can get promoted, why can't we get promoted? And then the whole argument starts over again, which comes back to my original point that the EFL needs to just come up with a, a solution that they think is the least unfair. Because they're all unfair. They're all gonna they're all gonna punish somebody. But you need to come up with the one that's the least unfair, nail your colours to the mass and say, This is what we're doing. And then everyone knows where they stand. And people can at least start to make preparations for how the club's going to survive and how next season's going to start. I think that's all you can do, really. Yeah, and I think it's also important to say, just as as we're talking about this, this is this is our opinions. So, you know, we're not experts, and it's quite clear that some of the AFL board aren't, aren't very expert <laughs> experts either. But um, when you listen to this, get involved, come and have a little chat with us. Don't be a dick. Don't have a go with us. We are family <laughs> fans. We know we're shit. We know we're terrible. Whoa, uh, speaking yourself. <laughs> but we win free win, on the sprint. Yeah, exactly. Three in a row. We win free on the sprint. So, <laughs> you know, come and have a chat. Come and have a little little discussion about it because it is really interesting. And, you know, we might go around the roundabout a few times, but um, get involved. Yeah, I, I think, as Anne says, you can you can find us on, on Twitter at Mark and underscore man and use the, the hashtag ways to talking, lads. Links all of our tweets together very nicely. Um, but yeah, as Anne said, join the chat, I think. As we said, there isn't any fair solution for everybody. So someone's going to get punished. If that has to be Tramia, then for me, so be it. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's in the grand scheme of things, it, somebody's going to get fucked over. So 
And can yeah. I just say, Dan, in um, in the essence of what we're trying to achieve here, I think uh, we've obviously got wrapped up in how the season will end, but one consideration is to play a welfare as well. It must yeah. be a hard time for them at the moment. They don't know when they're going to be back to playing football, when they can do the job. They're a month away from being unemployed. I yeah. do believe they get paid in July because I think the way wages work. But at the end of the day, it's not a nice situation for them to be in. And the more unstable football clubs are, the less likely they can sign for a, a full-time club. And it's a precarious situation for them to find themselves in. So I think we need to find a solution quickly. And as you say, if, if, that, if some people are unhappy with that decision, then you're not going to please anybody. But the important yeah. thing is that we can get football back on and players playing again. So thanks for listening. As Ant and Ryan have both said, come and get involved. Find us on the Twitter, which is at Mark and underscore man. And come and give us come and give us your opinion. Tell us what, what club you support and tell us what you're thinking. Because as I say, we're not experts. We're just giving our opinion as, as fans and on the reading that we've done and, and how it affects our club, which is which is Tramir, which we which we said at the top. Our normal episodes resume again tomorrow, which is with Neville Selfall. That's one you're not gonna not gonna wanna miss. So catch that on Monday. That's the last episode of series two. Series three will be out on the fifteenth of June. We'll obviously be dropping our review and preview episodes as usual in between the two series and there'll be some other content that'll be dropped out as well so as i say find us on the twitter which is at mark underscore man plenty to be getting involved with give us a tweet drop us a dm let us know how you're feeling and let us know what you think about how the efl is going to end the season ryan and Ant, as usual thanks for your time today lads 